Sam Sports Podcast. It is Leap Day, Monday, February 29th, 2016. That's right, Leap Day falls on a Monday this year. It might not be on a Friday or a Wednesday like in years past, but today it's a Monday. It's a fictional day or a realistic day. It's a strange day in many people's minds because it only comes around once every four years. You got that funny little pirate movie uh, Pirates of Penzance where they talk about how the kid is only seven years old even though he's 25 because he was born on a leap day. I thought it was interesting. I went on IMDb today and looked at all the people who had birthdays today. Uh, it's, it's, you know, there's there's still people who got birthdays on February 29th and, uh, you know, it's, they, they get the rare moment of only uh, celebrating their birthday once every four years. I'm sure they don't actually do that. Uh, anyway, so I just did a nice little minute rant on leap day. I'm going to take some opportunity to watch that episode of 30 Rock with Tina Fey and Alec Baldwin today where they do a whole thing on Leap Day and they have an entire holiday dedicated to it. It's pretty goofy, um, but seems appropriate for Leap Day since uh, the last time I watched it was about four years ago. No, you know, I think I watched it in a rerun on Netflix recently. Anyway, that's neither here nor there. I wanted to get on the microphone today, not just because it is Monday and it is Leap Day, but also because uh, I want to talk a little bit about the NBA from this past weekend. Okay, so hopefully some of you out there watched this Golden State Warriors-Oklahoma City Thunder game that was on ABC on Saturday night. Holy moly, what a game. What a game. You want to talk about great players going back and forth. Stephen Curry and Kevin Durant, it was like it was like a championship title fight, just throwing haymakers back and forth. Bam, 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 bam. Steph Curry was hitting these three-pointers. I mean, how does he do it? How does he hit these shots from where he shoots them? The man is just... I mean, it, it, it's amazing. It's amazing. And um, so we saw a heck of a game. For the majority of the game, uh, well, let's be clear here. The Warriors won the game. They went to overtime, and the Warriors won the game by three points. And that three-pointer is going to come in later in this story. Uh, the Thunder were dominating the game. So even from the very beginning of the game, the Thunder took the lead, and they pretty much had the lead for the majority of the game. Uh, Draymond Green was missing shots early on. He was not a very big scoring um, threat in this game. Uh, I believe he finished the game with something like two points on the day, but he had 14 rebounds and 14 assists. So he was still being a facilitator and a defensive presence like he normally is. Uh, there were some discussion. Lisa Salters came out after halftime and said that someone, she's not sure who, she's pretty confident it was Draymond Green, though, but she doesn't know who it was, was shouting during halftime in the locker room. I'd never heard somebody shout so loud. It was so ridiculous. Something about saying, I'm not a robot. It, whatever the case, it was, I, I think, she she was making news out of something which sounds like, you know, relatively normal stuff that happens in the locker room. I think every once in a while, these guys get fired up and start yelling at one another. It's just a matter of the sport that they play. It gets really amped up. There's a lot of emotions and char uh, things charged up when they're playing this game. Um, that being said, it's really reflective of the game that they had leading into halftime. There was a lot of sloppy play, fair amount of turnovers on the parts of the Golden State Warriors, and um, the Thunder were taking advantage of it. Kevin Durant was playing very well. Russell Westbrook was also playing very, very well. Uh, you know, I saw some good play from Steven Adams and Serge Ibaka. It was a heck of a game. I mean, they really had control of the game for most of the game. Now, the thing I really want to mention, which for me was a turning point and also just a complete mind blow when I watched it, was in the third quarter, Stephen Curry rolls an ankle. He rolls his, um, I believe it's his left ankle, 
He's on a breakaway. He goes up, and he's trying to avoid Russ. Russell Westbrook is chasing him, and he's trying to block the shot. And he goes up for a lay-in, and he's trying to get out of the way of Russell Westbrook. And Russell Westbrook kind of comes down on his ankle, his left ankle, and he clearly turns it. Curry goes down. He, you know, he immediately he sort of, you know, he's he's kind of he doesn't move. He doesn't try to get up. You can tell he's in pain. And right off the bat, he starts signaling to his team to foul so they can get a stoppage of play because he really can't get up and move. Um, uh, they stop. A game stoppage happens. The trainers come to attend to him. He ends up getting up and limping off the court, going right to the uh, to the locker room. Immediately, I'm sitting here saying, "Okay, he just rolled an ankle." He's probably going to miss a, a week or two. This is this Cinderella season where they're going to break the Bulls' record. You know, all it takes is a rolled ankle, and now your star player is going to miss a week, maybe five, ten games. You know, maybe he's going to be healing through this rolled ankle all through the playoffs, and it's going to really put a damper on their amazing season. I was dead wrong. This guy went into the locker room. He was in the locker room for maybe 15, 20 minutes. He comes back out into the game, and right off the bat, I'm watching him comes into the game I'm sitting there saying you know he's in the game but I'm a little skeptical as to you know whether he's a hundred percent or not so I start watching him I see him get the ball he starts passing it quickly and that usually is the MO for a good player or any type of player who's coming in and trying to grit their way through an injury which is clearly uncomfortable to play on they're like you know what I can get out there I'm still a superstar I can still contribute even though my uh my ankle hurts a little bit and the truth of the matter was he came out there he passed the ball once or twice and I started to say you know what his ankle's hurting him then I saw him hit a three-pointer it was beautiful then I saw him hit another three-pointer then I saw him steal the ball then I saw him go on a scoring rampage Stephen Curry I think finished the game with something like 43 points or 46 points. Oh, wait, wait. All right, listen, I'm going to get my new fact checker, Foxy. You've heard about it. Foxy, Foxy, I love you, baby. Can you do me a favor? Um, check and see exactly how many points Steph Curry had during that uh, Thunder game on Saturday night. All right, thank you, baby. Thank you very much, Foxy. Foxy is the fastest, fast, fastest fact checker in the business. I'll tell you that right now. Foxy, you're the best. Okay, I just confirmed Steph Curry finished that game with 46 points. And he also broke the record for, oh, I'm sorry, he tied the record for the most three-pointers hit in a single game, which is 12. He hit 12 three-pointers, his last three-pointer of the night being the most important three-pointer. Um, so even with this explosion of production by Steph Curry, there was some good play by Klay Thompson. He made a couple of clutch three-pointers. He was also a scoring presence uh, when Curry had to sit out because of the rolled ankle. Um, however, what you saw was that even with this scoring output, the Thunder were still able to keep control of the game and stay on top. They had a lead in the fourth quarter. Uh, Kevin Durant and Westbrook were scoring in buckets. <laughs> no pun intended. <laughs> so um, going into the fourth quarter, what you saw towards the second half of the fourth quarter was the Warriors started to clamp down defensively. Um, they started to get stops, which was something I think they struggled with earlier in the game. Uh, and they started to go back down the court and make buckets. So they would get a stop and go down the court. And yeah, they'd make a bucket, but you'd also get the occasional Steph Curry three-pointer. So they started really picking up ground quickly until it got to the end of the game. And you started to notice that it was about a two-point game, a one-point game. And the Warriors were definitely still in it. Whenever you thought that they were sort of, you know, the Thunder were starting to really stretch the lead and pull away from them, Steph Curry would hit a three or Klay Thompson would hit a three, and then it was a one-point game again. So finally, it comes down to this clinching moment 
at the end of the game, uh, the Oklahoma City Thunder are winning by two points, and I believe that they inbound the ball, and I think uh, it gets stolen. That's right, it gets stolen. The Warriors uh, recover the stolen ball, or they po- they poked it out of someone's hand. It, it went into the backcourt. But at this point, there's only like 14 seconds left in the game. The clock is ticking, uh, and Andre Iguodala recovers the loose ball in the backcourt, races up the court with the ball while the clock is ticking out. There's like no time left at this point, and he chucks up a shot with .7 seconds left on the clock, and he gets fouled. That's right. He gets fouled with half a second left on the clock, and the Warriors losing by two points. Andre Iguodala... Cool as a cucumber, walks right up to the foul line, hits two free throws, ties the game. We go to overtime. As soon as they jump into overtime, the Warriors just pounce on them. Uh, right away, they start shooting some threes. I think the Thunders started overtime out with a three-pointer, but then the Warriors came back, and one of the biggest difference makers was Kevin Durant. Kevin Durant uh, did hit a lot of huge three-pointers in this game. There was a lot happening in the fourth quarter where Steph Curry would go hit a three, Kevin Durant would come right back down the court and hit a three and just go one for one. Uh, Kevin Durant, I believe, finished with 37 points, but he fouled out of this game, and he fouled out in the beginning of overtime. And that thing really made a difference because then you saw them leaning on Russell Westbrook much more. Not that that's a bad thing, but in the overtime, Russell Westbrook faced some tough defenses, uh, especially with um, Durant having to sit on the bench and watch, and guys like Kyle Singler coming in to take his place on a defensive standpoint and an offensive standpoint, but not doing the same offense as Durant, Mr. Singler. Um, but what you saw was uh, Westbrook kind of didn't have the diversion of Durant there. He would go to the hoop and he'd make these great plays, but he just he couldn't finish. There was a couple of plays where he got all the way to the hoop and just missed the layup. And it was really costly at a time when the Warriors were really just pouncing on this opportunity. And they hit a couple of gigantic three-pointers until the very end of the game. It's the end of overtime. The game is tied. The, uh, the Warriors get the ball. Steph Curry just races up the court. With no time left on the clock, he chucks a 30-foot three-pointer from practically half court, and it goes in, and he wins the game by three points. I mean, it was amazing. I got up off of my couch and shouted at the television so loud. I was shouting at the television multiple times during this game. It was so exciting. I mean, my gosh. And then to see the Warriors come all the way back, to have a complete team effort, to see Iguodala, Clay Thompson, uh, Steph Curry dropping 46. Anderson Varejao, the newly signed uh, guy from the Cavaliers, came in and played big minutes considering that Festus Zeli is still out. Uh, I mean, it was, a, it was quite a sight to see. And the Warriors' historic run continues. You know that Thunder team has got to be upset, cannot be feeling positive about what happened this, uh, this past weekend in their home arena, no less. And it's still just another uh, piece of proof that this Warriors team is – uh, a juggernaut that needs to be dealt with and might not be able to get stopped whatsoever. They are amazing. Now, let's shift gears a little bit to the best team in the Eastern Conference. Well, I, I, I hesitate to say the best team in the Eastern Conference after some of the play that we've seen, but the team with certainly the most drama and currently has the best record in the Eastern Conference, the Cleveland Cavaliers, the home of LeBron James, the one, the only King James. So, um... They had some drama this weekend, as they tend to have drama always. Um, They played the number two seed in the Eastern Conference, Toronto Raptors. Now, some of you may or may not know, Toronto 
has the last couple of years truly been, truly been, truly been to shift away from the Knicks for just a second here. Uh, I want to move on to the Detroit Pistons for just a moment. And I want to comment on how I like what the Pistons have done. I, uh, I think they made some great trades at the deadline and, um, I was listening to some Bill Simmons and some Zach Lowe podcasts recently. They made some really good points about what Stan Van Gundy is doing with the Detroit Pistons, trading for Tobias Harris, a guy who's young, who has some growth and some potential, and um, you know I think has a little bit of an unknown regarding how good he's going to be, but he's going to be locked up into a nice contract. He's not going anywhere. Stan Van Gundy's going to have him for sort of the prime of his career, or at least heading into the prime of his career. You can really see if this guy can fit in with your team. Um, they also, you know, they still have Andre Drummond, who I think is a budding superstar. Uh, the the thing to mention, though, of all the trades that happened, um, the uh, Joel Anthony Montejunas trade uh, was rejected. So the Houston Rockets and the Detroit Pistons had that trade. They sent Marcus Thornton and Donatus Montejunas, uh, the uh, Lithuanian center, to the Detroit Pistons for Joel Anthony and a draft pick. And then the Rockets sent Joel Anthony to the Sixers for a draft pick. Um, however, Montejunas failed his physical. So when he failed his physical, the whole trade was voided. So everybody went back to where they originally were. Joel Anthony went back to the Pistons. Montejunas and Thornton went back to the Rockets. Um, I believe the Rockets promptly uh, waived Marcus Thornton to bring in someone else. I'm not really sure who they brought in. Hey, Foxy, can you fact check that for me? Foxy will find out for me. Um, they got rid of Marcus Thornton. Um, Montejunas is still on the Rockets now. That trade never went through, but I do like this new nucleus that the Pistons have because this Pistons team can eke their way into the playoffs this year, and I'm starting to think that they have a nice future ahead of them as well as Van Gundy really carves together a nice uh, nucleus. He's got Drummond. He's got uh, Reggie Jackson now in the backcourt. Um, I mean, I really like what he's doing here. Thank you very much, Foxy. All right, it's, uh, Foxy's telling me that there wasn't a specific person that uh, uh, Marcus Thornton was waived to get onto the roster. I think it was really just Daryl Morey trying to cut more ties with uh, uh, players that were not necessarily in the future of the franchise. There's also a discussion now that he's looking to buy out Ty Lawson's contract. Ty Lawson with the Houston Rockets has been a pretty big disappointment this season. Um Really, everything about the Houston Rockets has been a disappointment this season. There seems to be a lot of drama surrounding Dwight Howard and James Harden. Apparently, there's chemistry issues there, not to mention there's emotional issues there. Um, the team has been severely underperforming all season. They got the coach fired. I mean, they're just a real picture of a mess right now altogether. Um, I don't even think they're going to make the playoffs, I, and it's probably best. It's probably a good kick in the butt for them. They need to really come around and realize that they can't just keep playing the way they're playing and thinking they're going to get all the way to the finals even though they did it la even though they almost did it last year I don't think it's going to happen this year okay enough about the Houston Rockets I'm going to jump into my mailbag that's right I have a mailbag or at least a fictitious uh, not fictitious it's a digital mailbag it's not the old school mailbag that you see hanging around the neck of a dog or a postal carrier um the digital mailbag I'm going to bust out as here we go you hear that digital mailbag? That's right. I'm going to bust out our first question. Our first question from the mailbag is from Brooks in Manhattan, Kansas. Oh, Manhattan, Kansas. That's, that's I know a Manhattan. Not the one in Kansas, though. <laughs> so Brooks asks, he says, Sam, love the show. Question for you. 
Which team will finish with the number one seed in the Eastern Conference, the Cavaliers or the Toronto Raptors? What do you think? <laughs> so this is a little bit of a repeat of what we were talking about earlier with the Raptors and the Cavaliers. You know, I'm I'm going to go out on a limb right now. I'm going to, you know what, I'm going to get a little, I'm going to put my balls on the table. I'm going to say it right now and just go, you know what? I see the Raptors picking up the first seed in the Eastern Conference. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Just going to go out there and say it right now. I think the Raptors can scare some people. I see them at finally winning a playoff series. That'll definitely happen this season. And I can certainly see them getting to the Eastern Conference Finals and facing the Cavaliers. Um, I don't see them winning in a playoff series. But I do see them finishing out the season strong and um, picking up that first seed. I can see them eking out a better record than the Cavaliers this season. Uh, you know what, Foxy? Let's get Foxy in here. Foxy! Let's get Foxy in here to check exactly who the Raptors and the uh, the Cavaliers are going to be facing for the rest of the season. Hang on a second. Let me get Foxy in here. And thank you very much, Foxy. Foxy, best fact checker in the business. Foxy is super fast. Gives me all the information I need. Foxy, love you, man. Okay, so um, I'm looking at the schedules right now, and... Uh, the schedules reiterate my initial theory that the Raptors are going to finish with a better record. I'm looking at the two schedules, and I think the Cavaliers have a few more tougher opponents than the Raptors have. Let's see, the next couple of games for the Cavaliers, they're playing the Pacers today. They got the Wizards, the Celtics, the Grizzlies, okay. Uh, Sacramento, the Lakers, the Clippers, Clippers game, Utah, Dallas, Orlando, Miami, Denver, Milwaukee, Brooklyn, New York, okay, Houston, Brooklyn. All right, so, you know they they can they can get away with that, but they got a few tough ones in there. They got to play the Grizzlies. They got to play the Clippers. Got to play the Mavericks. You know the Miami Heat's not a gimme. Um, you know as much as Houston has dysfunction, they're not a gimme either. But Toronto, I mean, look at Toronto's schedule here. You got Utah, Portland. Oh wow, they're in. Holy moly, Toronto is in the the midst of a homestand. These are, this is one, two, three, four, five, six, seven straight home games. Utah, Portland, Houston, Brooklyn, Atlanta, Miami, Chicago. Then they're playing the Bucks, the Pacers, the Celtics, the Magic, the Celtics, the Rockets, the Pelicans, the Thunder. They got a game against the Oklahoma City Thunder, the Hawks, the Grizzlies. They got a Spurs game, uh, but that's really it. So right now it's still looking like you might have the, uh, the Raptors coming out with a better record just because they got a little bit of a better schedule as they walk into the, the rest of the season. So right off of that, that's a pretty good mailbag question. I'm going to go ahead and just – I'm going to go out there, and I'm going to say I think that the Raptors finish with a better record than the Cleveland Cavaliers in the Eastern Conference. Mark it, Dano. Or book it, Dano, baby. Or book it, Dano. Hawaii Five-0. Anybody? Yeah, you got it. Mark it down, dude. Okay, time for our next mailbag question here. That's right, you like that? Okay, this is one from uh, the New England area. This is from Lenny in Sandwich, Massachusetts. Lenny says to me, says, Sam, got a question. Boston Celtics, how far do they make it in the playoffs? Do they get to the Eastern Conference Finals? Ooh, I love a question like this as well. Boston Celtics, I like what they're doing this year. They're putting together a good team. They got a nice young nucleus. They got Brad Stevens, a great young coach. Isaiah Thomas, first-time All-Star this year. Jay Crowder, Avery Bradley. They got a lot of good pieces. Marcus Smart, Evan Turner, given his off-the-bench, you know, enthusiasm and tenacity, I, even though I'm still a little skeptical about Evan Turner's game. Um, but the Celtics have really created some noise in the Eastern Conference, um, marching their way up to the third seed right now, and they're also threatening to sort of 
do what I just said with the Raptors, kind of claw in and try to make their way into that top three. They're really setting themselves apart uh, from the rest of the Eastern Conference, that sort of Raptors, Celtics, Cavaliers, you know, nucleus. I think the Celtics are still, they're a little closer to the middle of the pack than the Raptors and the Cavaliers are, but I still think they're probably one of the more dangerous teams in the Eastern Conference. And to say how far they're going to make it in the playoffs, I think it is ambitious to see them getting to the Eastern Conference Finals. I certainly see them uh, winning their first round and getting out of the initial... If if the playoffs ended today, uh, they'd be playing the Indiana Pacers. I certainly see them winning a playoff series against the Pacers, or they'd be playing uh, the Atlanta Hawks or maybe the Charlotte Hornets. I see them picking up a playoff series against all of those teams, but I am skeptical about seeing them get out of the second round. I don't know if they can get through a team like the Raptors or the Cavaliers in the second round of the playoffs, I don't know if they're there yet. They just, I don't see them being there yet. So good mailbag question. I don't think they're going to get to the Eastern Conference Finals. I think they're going to get to the second round. Um, That's my impression. Uh, Mark it down, dude. And our final mailbag question of the day. Ooh, okay. Sam, love the show. This is Travis from San Antonio, Texas, asking you, Do you think the San Antonio Spurs are going to finish with a better record than the Golden State Warriors? Oh, I love that question. It's a good one. Because with all of the historic drama that is circling around the Golden State Warriors' ability to break the Chicago Bulls' uh, amazing 72-10 record, um, there is a moment where we need to continue looking at the San Antonio Spurs as having also one of the most amazing records in the league, it being number two behind the Warriors. The Spurs are currently 50 and nine. So the Warriors are 53 and five, and the Spurs are 50 and nine. They are only three and a half games behind the Warriors. You know, it's amazing that an, a record and a season that the Spurs are having where their aging superstars get injured and miss time and they still have key young pieces who come in and just play, you know, scattered minutes. Like they really, it is a team effort there in San Antonio to see that completely different animal than a Golden State Warriors team, which is, you know, I don't want to diminish what they're doing, but they've got a lot of key guys who do a lot of the heavy lifting there. Whereas San Antonio, the weight is really spread amongst everybody on the team. When Tim Duncan and Ginobili aren't playing, Patty Mills and Tony Parker and Kawhi Leonard come out and do things. When Kawhi Leonard's not playing, Tim Duncan, Danny Green, Boris Diaw, these other guys come in and shoulder the burden. And because of that team effort, you're seeing a Spurs team with a 50-9 and record probably Probably not going to break the Bulls record, but I think we'll get up to that 60-win plateau. Um, There is a possibility that they will finish with a better record than the Golden State Warriors. They're not far behind them. They've been winning games on just as quick a clip as the the Warriors have. And, uh, you know, listen, who's to say that the Warriors don't, you know, have an injury or a rolled ankle, one rolled ankle away from dampening on their beautiful season. They start losing some games. The Spurs catch up to them. I mean, maybe the Spurs don't break the record, but who's to say the Spurs don't finish with 67 wins? You know, who's to say that the the Warriors and the Spurs both finish with, you know, the Spurs got 67 wins, the Warriors have 66 wins. I mean, I can see that happening. Uh, but to answer the mailbag question, my personal opinion, I do not see the Spurs finishing with a better record than the Warriors. I think it's a hell of a question, a hell of a of a scenario to think through, and I certainly like the idea. 
um, but I don't think it's happening this year. There's a really good chance, and it is a shame that the Warriors' amazing season is overshadowing the amazing record of the Spurs, but you know, that A, that's the Warriors and their and their excitement for you, and B, that's the Spurs. The Spurs have been winning 60 games a season since I was a child, so, <laughs> you know, it's it's you got to take it all, you know, as it comes and with a grain of salt. Uh, but good mailbag question. Certainly good mailbag question. I don't think the Spurs will finish with a better record, but I like that question. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. So, listen, I wanted to thank everyone uh, for today. I just had to get on the mic, talk a little bit about uh, the things that had happened this past weekend. I'm actually, uh, right now, I'm just going to riff a little bit on the uh, Leap Day games. So, the games we got today, we got the Sixers playing the Warriors, or excuse me, the Wizards. Uh, a lot of W's there. Sixers are playing the Wizards in Washington. I think they're going to lose again. Uh, Pacers are on the road playing the Cavaliers. If LeBron plays, I think the Cavaliers will win again. Or will win this game, and I think it's a win that they actually need after the drama that happened yesterday. Um, Utah Jazz is coming to Boston to play the Celtics. I think the Celtics will pull that one out. Houston Rockets are playing the Milwaukee Bucks in Milwaukee. I think the Rockets will rip that one out. It'll be a little ugly. Uh, Grizzlies are playing the Denver Nuggets in Denver. Grizzlies have got that game. Oklahoma City's going to Sacramento to play the Kings. The Thunder are going to pull that game out. And then you got the Brooklyn Nets playing the Clippers in Los Angeles. Clippers will take that game. So it should be a nice bunch of February 29th Leap Day games. Doesn't look like any of them are on national television, sadly. Wah, I wish I could watch any of them. Um, wish I could watch that Sixers game, see them get ripped apart by the Wizards. But I digress. I try to be positive about my Sixers. Um, you know, I'm just going to riff a little bit on the, uh, the Oscars. Anybody watch the Oscars last night? Uh, I watched the Oscars last night. I was trying to avoid them because I, I've really fallen off the boat with the Oscars in the last handful of years. But last night, didn't have anything else to do. There weren't any games on, so I decided to tune in. Um, Chris Rock's black-white controversy speech at the beginning of the Oscars was bold, baby. I got to tell you, that was definitely unlike any Oscars I'd ever seen. Usually the Oscars are littered with fluff. I mean, they're a fluff ceremony. It's a lot of dresses. It's a lot of, you know superficial discussions and then people making you know big political points whenever they win an Oscar and you know have a thank you speech uh, but Chris Rock got right out there and turned the opening monologue of the Oscars not into a fluff Billy Crystal song and dance about the best picture nominees but into a straight up stand up bigger and blacker comedy routine and he got out in front of it and was just like yeah I'm black let's talk about the black white issue right now and you know what it was pretty good it was pretty funny. I got a kick out of it. I enjoyed it. I thought it was bold. I thought it was appropriate. I thought it certainly was intense putting being put on Disney's ABC, but got to give them credit. Uh, the truth of the matter is the Academy is desperately trying to get away from the fact that they look bad right now. When the nominations came out this year, immediately there was controversy. And that's not the case. Typically, when the Oscars happen, people want to be excited about it. They want to be celebratory. They want to celebrate the nominees. They want to rejoice. And instead, the Oscars came out and just straight up had a bad impression on them for being so darn white. And the truth of the matter is, my impression it has to do with the voters. You know, th this isn't a presidential election. This isn't people who are just voting for what they think is the best uh, performance. These are Academy members. You have to be a member of the Academy to make this selection. And I think what was really coming out in last night's ceremony was that the Academy themselves, the people who run the Academy, and you saw it, at least I saw it towards the end of the ceremony, the president of the Academy Awards came out and made a speech. And by the way, the president of the Academy Awards is a black woman, by the way. Uh, that wasn't an accident to have her come out and say something, because I think the truth is the Academy doesn't feel that they are colorblind or race blind, but they understand that their voters are. 
And I think that they were coming out saying, listen, if we want to look good coming out of this moving forward, we need to convince our own constituents, our own academy members to stop being so racist. I think that's what was coming out is them being like, hey, listen, you know, we're not bad guys here, but we can't help the fact that everybody who's voting is voting this way. What do you want me to say? So it was it was interesting to see them sort of backpedal and to try to because much of last night's ceremony was a comment on the the uh, the race issue with the nominations and was a response to it. So it was a fascinating Oscars, to say the least. A um, couple of things I do want to mention is uh, kudos to Leonardo DiCaprio. The guy finally won his Oscar. I didn't see The Revenant. I, it's listen. I don't. I don't know if I like heavy movies, and that's that's a whole other discussion that I have about the Oscars. Is how they never consider comedic movies or anything like that for Oscars because you know it has to be heavy. It has to make you cry. It has to make you feel terrible, and it has to be painful to watch in order to be nominated for Academy Awards and win things. So, you know. Leonardo DiCaprio getting mauled by a bear and then speaking in Native American in a freezing cold set for two and a half hours is what wins you an Oscar. Either way, he's desperately wanted that Oscar for a very long time. He came up, he had a beautiful speech planned. He clearly had been planning it for years. And you know what? Kudos to the man. He did great. He deserves his Oscar. Well, actually, I don't even know. I didn't even see the movie. Um, but it was it was a, a nice little trip to watch last night. Um, uh, anyway, wanted to put in my two cents about the Oscars. Uh, we can talk more about the o- Oscars on another podcast. Maybe I'll do a whole Oscar podcast, but enough of that. Um, whew, lot to talk about today. I'm glad everyone checked in to listen with me. Um, I'm going to plug a few of my things coming up. Uh, so I've got Sam Sports Show. That's right. Sam Sports Show, Saturdays, 10 a.m. Eastern Time, local Philadelphia radio, 610 a.m. ESPN radio. It's the local Philadelphia ESPN affiliate is going to be carrying yours truly. That's right, me, Sam Rosenberg, hosting the Sam Sports Show. You better get your popcorn ready. Going to be talking about T.O., going to be talking about the Eagles, the Sixers, the Flyers, the Phillies, you name it. I'm going to be talking about it on that show. I'm really looking forward to it. Already recorded my first episode. It's going to be airing this Saturday, March 5th. Tune in if you haven't tuned in and uh, listen to the first episode. If you want to hear it on demand, you can go to 610amsports.com. They have all of my shows on podcast. Listen to them at your leisure. Uh, As always, subscribe to me on iTunes. Subscribe to me on Stitcher. Subscribe to me on SoundCloud. Go to my Facebook page, Sam Sports Station, or just me on Facebook. Find me on Instagram, Sam Sports Station. Uh, email me at Gmail, Sam's Sports Station at Gmail, S A M S S P O R T S S T A T I O N at Gmail.com. Send me questions, send me feedback. I want to hear what you guys are thinking. Some random question, I want to hear about it. And then, of course, uh, also Twitter. I'm on Twitter. Follow me at Smithface Jones. For those of you who don't know, Smith. Face Jones. That's a little joke uh, between me and my brother. I'm kind of keeping it going. You know, Twitter, you got to always find some super strange, unique Twitter handle that nobody else has. Well, you know what? Smith Face Jones is it. That's who you're looking for when you're looking for me. Um, That's all I got for today. Everyone, thanks for listening to the NBA podcast. I'm going to come back with an NFL podcast soon. Continue ripping through the divisions. I've only done three of the eight divisions. I got five more divisions to get through and a lot of teams. So uh, I'll be coming back soon with some NFL. But as always, thank you so much for listening. I love you guys. Love talking football, basketball, all kinds of sports with everybody on the Sam Sports Podcast. And I will definitely be talking to you soon. Uh, Love you lots. Bye-bye.